Zenicon has clinched their spot in the NCAA tournament. What a moment for the goals. Home opener starts off with a bang. In Endicott history, the goals have won the CCC title. Howdy folks and welcome back to the Ultimate Goal Podcast. Cody Shafu, Evan O'Fonley, you know the drill by now. Uh, Evan, we're recording on a Monday, a little fourth wall break. Monday, normally it's a Wednesday, maybe Thursday, if we can get all the equipment right. How was your weekend? Tell me about it. I want to know. You know what? It was exciting. Um, yesterday was a tough day. We had yeah. two Boston seasons end in the same Jeez, day. Jeez, man, don't talk to me about um, that. A lot of sports I was watching, but not a ton of victories. <laughs> unlike what an Endicott fall season would look like. Um, because usually this past this past weekend was homecoming family weekend. Right. And the cops pulled off the perfect 6-0 sweep. That was fun. That was fun. So that's where all the victories went. Yeah. Meanwhile, we had the Celtics. Ugh. That was gross. Yeah. That end no. of the game. Celtics sucked. <laughs> Red Sox. Re- I'm glad the Red Sox are done. I mean, I... They blew the... They ended up with the fourth pick. I, I'm the, I'm that, the biggest Red Sox fan, you know, and I just wanted to put my head through a wall every single time. Uh, SEC came back, SEC football, roll tide, you know, roll tide. Um, no, homecoming weekend's always fun. You worked homecoming weekend last year. I did. Yeah, three games. I started with field hockey. Right. I was able to watch a bit of the football game, but they were they were winning by... Yeah, they played like fifty two to something. It was fifty eight to twelve. Would be Becker. Twelve Becker. Yeah. So I remember. I remember them. Wa- I remember Becker walking down, and they're like, "Yeah." I remember them walking back up. They're like, "Oh." <laughs> he just uh, it deflated <laughs> a little bit. But I saw a little bit of that, and I saw a score. I'm like, "All right, Home, we're good." Homecomings always. It's great, and it's the worst. The same. Well, you gotta tell about your sophomore year. Oh, I will. I'll get, I'll, I'll get to that. Let's that. Let's that, that, up. Oh my god! Hey. I'll have to. Oh my! God. I want to watch those games anyway. Homecoming weekend's a little inside the scenes here for broadcasters like Evan and I and for the rest of the sports information department. It's a wild day. You have, you know, six games that you have to have someone statting, someone videotaping, someone commentating, and there's a whole bunch of runaround. Sean Medeiros, our fantastic SID, and last year Anthony Rinaldi was our guy, the assistant SID. And uh, George Chapel, who is our assistant SID, all three of them, they make that day go as smoothly as possible. And last year was a lot more smoothly than my sophomore year. Um, but it's always, a, it's really fun because you get the fans there, you get the families there, you get the, uh, um, you know, the, the on-field introductions, everything. You kind of get like a, a playoff atmosphere. You do, and yeah, it's, it's wicked fun So because mm-hmm. that's what makes... Our job fun is mm-hmm. the crowd interaction, and that's you know, and that is something we're missing in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's that's so fun to be able to like call that piece of out of the moment because every year, whether you win or lose, homecoming is a special day. Families, like we said, families coming in now. Everything you have, you know, basically the entire campus is families here, and they're all going to games and they're doing this, doing that. It's just a really fun atmosphere to be around. Um, and last year, six zero Endicott, whoop whoop. Uh, this yeah. year we had more of a virtual homecoming. I didn't partake, but I don't know exactly how that went. Uh, but it, it is something that is, is lost on us. But quick story time. Sophomore year. Oh, goodness. So sophomore year, I, at that point in the season, it was me, myself, was the only full-time broadcaster. Mm-hmm. 
Zach Weiss had graduated the year before, so it was my kind of land to rules. Before the age of John Silva, before the age of the gorgeous Evan Alfano, uh, Johnny Grolo, who was one of our um, broadcasters the last couple of years, he just started out. He was doing football, basically, basically net and volleyball at the time. So I got basically everything. I was doing field hockey. I was doing all the soccers. Uh, I was helping out football that year. I didn't do football this year just because I felt like it would be weird because we'd be splitting halves, and I just thought it wouldn't sound great. So I was doing I did one half of the football. No. Yes, I did one half of the football game, I believe. I forgot. I, I don't know if I did a field hockey game. I might must have. I don't think just I, so much happened. I don't, I don't think remember. I. I it did so three much. games back to back to back, and I believe. Ooh. Might have been with volleyball. I don't even know. I don't even remember what the first game I did, but I don't think it was football. Anyway, I did one game. Then I had men's and women's soccer back to back at four four p.m. 7. and seven p.m. starts. So I was basically in the, a booth. From roughly 11 a.m. till like 10 to 10.30 p.m. It's like 12 hours of sports broadcasting, three different sports. I want to die. Right at bat, Turbo. So there comes a point where, so whatever the first game I did, they won. Woohoo, awesome. And I move on to soccer. Men's soccer ends up going into, I think women's soccer was first. They end up going into overtime. Mm-hmm. I believe... I think they won their game. I think the men lost their game. The men went double overtime. And there's there's points in the men's game where it's like really winding down. I'm exhausted. My voice hurts. I don't want to be there. I just want to go home and sleep. That's all I want to do. And there are points you can hear me say, please score. I'm just pleading for it. I don't care. A future okay. blooper clip, maybe? It could be. I don't know. It could be. Um, but there's just points where I'm begging anyone to score. I don't care if it was Endicott or their team they're playing or the team manager. I didn't care if a head coach got out there. Byron out there. Put in the back. Evan Moore. I would have uh-huh. welcomed that. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to leave. So, homecoming's a special time for everybody. Yeah, I did. I did my first one last year. Yeah. I started, so I did field hockey, which was, I think, late uh, late morning. And I was able to catch, or maybe it was noon, somewhere around there, 1 o'clock, somewhere. And I was able to catch the very odd football game, which I just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the soccer was 4 and 7, and me and you switched off on that one. Um, so I can't imagine what you, you did, because you were by yourself. But definitely, it was a lot of fun. Again, a lot of, a lot of victories that day, a lot of broadcasting. Um, but it's definitely disappointing that we weren't able to do it this year. Yeah. Instead, we had to watch the Red Sox and Celtics lose. Yeah, that place, which was not exciting. But that's great. Anyway, um, um, but speaking of homecoming, a team that normally plays during homecoming is the Endicott Field Hockey Team. And we've talked about the Field Hockey Team a couple times and how dominant they are. But last year was a great year. So let us bring you a championship deep dive with the 2019 Endicott Field Hockey Team. Evans, he was stacked. They are, and they were coming off a championship in the 2018 season. So they were the defending champs. Uh, they defeat, defeated the University of New England uh, 1-0 in the championship game. Uh, they won their first round uh, matchup against uh, St. Joseph's Maine in the NCAA tournament, losing 4-0 to the number one team in the uh, nation, Messiah. So that 
was a great season for them. They went 18-5. They were undefeated in the conference. Um, so heading into 2019, once again, the pressure was on. And it had been on the previous year because they, they made a run in the final but lost. Um, so the expectation was even greater because they were the defending champs. Mm -hmm. They kind of, as a champion, you have the target on your back. Um, and right off the bat, they open the season with Babson, the 14th team in the nation, and they get off the 3-1 to one victory. Um, we knew Enneka was going to be a good team. Again, they were just loaded top to bottom with so many good players. Of course, Taylor Farron in goal, leading the defense. Then a lot of goal scoring, Kristen McCarthy, Sidney Poole, and Addie Williams. Um, and in that game, Addie Williams, Kristen McCarthy, and Sidney Poole were the goal scorers. And Enneka beats a ranked team 3-1. to one. So... Right off the bat, a good start to the season. But yeah, this team was a lot of fun to watch. Um, they had another nice run in the NCAA tournament. Again, the comp, they went 12-0 in the conference. Um, very tough team to beat really anywhere. I was going to say at home they were 10-2, but they were also 9-2 on the road. So yeah, they could really score anywhere. And once again, it was – and we've, I, we've talked about this before um, about having tough schedules to start. And a lot of Anacot teams do that. Um, the Anacot played, um, but they played one conference game early on, but between that time they played three ranked opponents. So Babson, who was 14th in the nation, who they beat 3-1. to one. Um, They played Tufts, who was the third team in the nation, to a tough 2-1 to one defeat. Huh. Um, right, and then they also played the 17th team in the nation, Trinity, Connecticut, uh, who they lost in overtime 5-4. So we're, you could see early on, this team was just, they were uh, playing really good field hockey and they, they were up to the task against the best teams in the nation. So heading into conference play, it was exciting because I felt I was able to do a lot of the games as the color commentator with John Sylvia, mm -hmm. who was play-by-play. -play. It was exciting to watch because we both knew this was going to be a very tough team to beat and a very fun team to watch come conference play because they had so many great matchups um, and good games and against tough teams in the uh, non-conference schedule. 12 games in the conference, 8 goals allowed in those games. I mean, they're just absolutely filthy. And that was the thing. I mean, watching that team, and again, we've, we've expressed, especially with field hockey, it's not our most knowledgeable sport. It's definitely not mine. But they make it fun. I mean, when they're winning and they're doing it well, and you, you, you know, like a John Sylvie knows more about the game. I've done some games with John, uh, especially earlier on in the year. Um, and then we kind of switched back and forth um, between doing games with John because that's his baby sport. That's the sport he gets um, all, you know, vetoes over and does all the games. Uh, but it, it's awesome that he teaches us, you know, that's, you know, the really good place, the behind the scenes, nitty gritty, you know, the stuff that, you know, the regular fan won't see. Kind of like how I explain watching basketball. Like, if you're watching basketball and you don't, you, you just watch basketball to watch basketball. Like, you watch where the ball goes, you see who shoots or whatever. For me, someone who, like, loves the game so much and has seen it through so many multiple views, like, when I'm watching a game, I don't even watch the ball. I'm watching what, what's happening in the background, who's cutting, who's making screens, where are things going. And that's kind of how John explained it to me and how what he does when watch, doing field hockey and watching field hockey. And that's where I think a love of the sport comes in, is seeing that behind-the-scenes nitty-gritty stuff, and this team was so good at that. Um, he said, look, let's look at the first game against Babson, like you said, it's the number 14 team in the country, and they win 3-1. And look, just just off statistics alone, only 10 shots taken by Babson, opposed to 29 by Endicott. That was just defensive domination, it just seems like. They scored, uh, Babson scored first, 
and just about um, right as the period was ending, 13 uh, minutes into the first period. Uh, and then, you know, the next three quarters, Endicott puts in three, one in the second, right, three minutes after that one, and then they finish it off with two in the last 10 minutes of the game. And that's it. It's all she wrote. And, again, it just looks like they just kept Babson in check. Babson only got – didn't shoot the ball once in the third period. Not once in the third quarter. Just did not get a attempt off. Taylor Farron had to make three saves that game. Three of them. Count them. Uno, dos, tres. One in the second, and then two in the fourth. Other than that, she didn't get at all. Just, like, just wasn't pressured at all. And that's on the road, too. And I know you can say, oh, it's the first game of the season. You know, that's when a lot of those big teams have potential to go down. There's a dominating win. Endicott was ready. Endicott was ready. As you mentioned, Addie Williams gets a goal. Uh, piggybacking off her insane freshman year. Uh, Christian McCart- uh, McCart- uh, McCarty- McCarthy finishing off her storied career here, being one of the best all time yeah. um, for Endicott. I'm pretty sure she only played like two or three seasons. I don't think she was here all mm-hmm. four years unless I'm just not smart. And, which is, again, as we've known on this, um, yeah, only she only played two years here. Um, so that's impressive too, what she could accomplish, and this was her her final hoorah. And then uh, Sydney Poulin, who came in, um, and just was fantastic. Uh, another sophomore that just proved to be ridiculous. Um, yeah, and they were were good top to bottom. We talked about the offensive players and defensively with Abby Carter, Emily Graham, of course Taylor Farron, made it very challenging for teams to score and. The conference, they, they found out about that quickly, uh, which is good. And they shut out Salve Regina to open up conference play. Um, and, of course, a lot of, again, one goal. They allow one goal against Roger Williams, one goal against the University of New England, who was, again, the other top team in the CCC. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of close matches. That's something I noticed in the CCC. As good as Anacom was, they didn't lose a game in conference play. It was never easy. No. You look back at the schedule, there's a lot of, 2-0, 2-0, 3-1, 2-1, in very close games. And so getting you know, into the playoffs, and of course, you know, I've talked about with our last podcast, the CC Championship game, uh, that exciting late goal win 3-2, um, how exciting that was. It was never easy for Endicott. Uh, it just shows how deep the conference was. Uh, it made for a very exciting season. It was one of the most exciting seasons that I was able to watch kind of unfold yeah. because from start to finish, Anika was good. They had some losses early on, but they were playing very good opponents, and they just seemed to learn so much from that. And it made for a very fun season, including a um, home NCAA tournament game, which is my first ever uh, NCAA tournament game I was able to call. Um, Eight to one over Wilson, which was just an incredible performance in an NCAA tournament game. So just, again, a very exciting season, really from start to finish. One of my favorite seasons to watch from last year. Yeah, if you roll down the roster, you got Kristen McCarthy with 23 goals. Jeez Louise. And 16 from Addy, and then 13 from Sydney Poole, and those were your big three, basically. And then Jalen Graber right there. Unsung hero, Julie Champagne. Uh, was the captain, only started in nine games, but got eight goals in you know, those opportunities. Led the team in shot percentage at 30 um, for those who, who got active shots uh, for a lot of the game, um, you know, a, a .308 shooting percentage. Now, that's led the team, you know, Addie Williams was next with uh, 27%. So that's just, 
she really came in and she just made her presence known as a senior, just getting goals and, and doing really good, uh, really good when the opportunity was there. Um, again, didn't play all starting minutes, but was a, a great bench option. As you mentioned, only nine games started, 23 games played. She just came in, did her job, was a captain, was a leader of that team, and just proved it. Cindy Pullen missed a couple, uh, missed a couple games, I believe, uh, a, a foot, a uh, lower leg um, injury, but came back and just was fantastic. 13 goals, nine. She's a do-it-all player. Same with uh, McCarthy. Um, pulling more of a, a midfielder, but she just makes plays all over. You can put her all over. You can you know, have her for uh, two penalty corners and from the top uh, of the semicircle, or you can have her you be the primary scorer. She can be a passer. She had nine assists, which so uh, tied for second on the team. Um, with Jalen McCarthy was the only one that had more with 11 assists compared to their nine. Uh, she was fantastic. Addie, I mean, Miss Sports Center herself, and only 19 games, 16 goals. That's fantastic. It was great. Um, she's going to be a star. She already is cemented herself as one of the best to do it, and it's only her third season when they do have their season. Um, it was great. Blake Brahman, I got a chance to sit down with um, earlier this year, um, as well as Taylor Farron, and they're as motivated as anything to get this done. And that's the one thing. Like, yes, you lose your McCarthy, who's your leading scorer. Yes, you lose a Champagny. Emily Graham was good defensively for you. You're bringing a lot of people back. You're yeah. bringing a whole bunch of people back. A lot of these contributors, Graybo Jr. last year, so a senior this year, Pullman Williams Jr.'s this year, Brahman, a, a, a senior. Farron, a senior. Um, Olivia Lampinosa, who got some good times, three goals um, as a midfielder last year. She's going to be a sophomore this year. Um, uh, Rachel LeMay, who was fantastic in, the, in that back, you know, that back line. She's going to be back. Uh, Zoe Chabelle, Louis Smith are going to be seniors. It's just a fantastic group of talent. Abby Carter... Um, is going to be a junior this year. It's a lot of talent and a lot of young talent. They can make more runs. I mean, this team has already shown that they've won multiple of these things in a row. They can keep going and going and going. That's how good this team is. Yeah, they just, again, it's next person up, next player up. When someone graduates, um, Coach Sapola always has everyone on our team ready, and anyone can step in and contribute and make plays. But, yeah, I mean, the target just grows bigger. Now that you're the two-time defending champs, yeah. everyone really wants to get a piece of you. You haven't lost a conference game in a couple of years since that championship game a few years ago. So the target gets bigger, and you know, they'll be excited to get back at it. you got a chance to, to talk to some of their key players and how yeah. eager they are. Um, it's, the mindset really is you're never satisfied. Yeah. It's, it's cool to win one. It's cool to win two. Why not go win a third? So that's, that's kind of the goal. and It's definitely one of the seasons I'm most excited to, to hopefully be able to watch. Um, because of how much talent is on that team. And, again, they're, they're looking to make another deep run in the NCAA tournament, if possible. Um, so definitely a, a season I'm excited to, to look forward to. And, again, like I said, one of my favorites from last year. Yeah, uh, that's going to do it from us. We do have an exclusive interview with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Miss Sylvia. Future Cody, take it away. And then joined by John. John, thanks for coming on. Um, it's a distinct pleasure, my friend. I'm just glad to uh, get to have a good conversation about uh, a great team with you guys. 
yeah, it was a great team. Like we said, we we're talking about uh, this team in the podcast, and they were really fun to watch. And I know I got to call a couple games with you, John, and then Evan got to call a lot of the games down the stretch. Um, how did you get started uh, with them, and how has that relationship calling a lot of their games over the past two years kind of flourished? Well, in terms of how I got started, it's kind of coincidental that I have to say this, but the whole reason I got started in broadcasting at all was because I stumbled on the broadcasting table that Cody showed at a women's volleyball game my freshman year. And I was like, whoa, wait, you guys are broadcasting? And he said to me, yeah, you know, and you can do other sports too. And he gave me Sean Medeiros' information over at uh, Endicott, and uh, he uh, – really just got me going and field hockey was the first sport that he offered to me as an opportunity to kind of get my feet wet before I got any more major opportunities but I just I fell in love with the sport right away I remember watching a video um it was titled on YouTube field hockey for dummies because I I knew nothing about field hockey the first time I called field hockey and Every game after that was just a complete learning experience, but it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I made a lot of great friends along the way and a lot of great memories. So I'm thankful for the experience as a whole. Yeah, over the last couple of years, you've really hammered down that position of being, and not only calling it, but calling it well. I mean, from everything I've heard, and you know, obviously we've called games before, everyone loves you on the mic for the field hockey. You bring that extra energy uh, that the sport um, really needs, and you just do a great job of doing that. Um, so last year, as we are talking about another dominant season by the field hockey team, they've been pretty dominant over their history uh, in the CCC. What was one of your favorite moments from last year? Last year is very tough in terms of me deciding between one particular game or another because there were so many pivotal moments where I feel like I – gained a lot of experience as a broadcaster in terms of my poise, in terms of my rhythm, in terms of how I deliver certain calls as opposed to others. It was, again, as I've said already, it was a complete learning experience. But if I had to pick one particular game, and I'm sure Evan will get a good laugh out of this because he was there with me when uh, this all happened, but it was the uh, CCC semifinals against Roger Williams. And it was quite the, st the perfect storm that day. I mean, that both literally and figuratively. It was, uh, it was raining outside. The wind was howling all over the place. We had a nice little tent hunched up against the hill next to the field hockey uh, stadium because we couldn't go all the way up on the hill. The wind was too strong. And the rain just kept pouring down the entire game. We had puddles on the roof of our little tent that we had to keep pushing off. I, Evan and I were taking turns, just taking a nice jump up off our feet and pushing it off. And... You know, that game was amazing. You know, we saw, once again, kind of like playoff LeBron in the NBA. We saw playoff Addie Williams in that game. She scored a couple of big goals for them and helped them defeat Roger Williams. And the moment I remember most of that game, I uh, went inside to uh, do a couple of things in between the uh, halves because I was uh, – I just had uh, some things that I wanted to get done and I was a little late coming back out of the post center back to the field hockey stadium for the rest of the game. And I remember the rain had finally stopped and I was running. I had a full suit on that day and dress shoes and I was running full sprint down the side of the fence towards the booth. And I had a couple of the girls on the sideline cheering me on 
like, go JJ. And they had just started the half, just as I was coming into the booth. I'm completely out of breath. Thank God Evan had already jumped on and he was saying things, so it didn't sound completely terrible. And I can't thank Evan and even you, Cody, enough for how much you do as color men, because I'm way out of line at times, and you guys kind of bring me back to where I need to be. So it's it, that had to have been my favorite moment. That was such an incredible experience. And obviously they ended up winning the uh, CCC title in the next game. So it, it's just been a great run overall. If you asked me to pick a game over the last two years, it would be a really tough decision because there's so many moments that I could pinpoint. And speaking of obviously that season, uh, Cody and myself talked in the podcast about uh, early in the season, kind of they had a few tough losses um, against some good ranked opponents. Um, so, Again, they finished 12-0 and in the, uh, the conference play. What do you think was the turning point early in the season? Again, they had those tough losses. Was there a game that kind of stands out to you that kind of really allowed Annika to get on a roll? I really don't think that there's another answer that I can give other than the uh, Roger Williams game on CCC Day. I remember we had Greg Kay there, and we interviewed him, the CCC commissioner, during the uh, halftime period, and it was, it was a really pivotal game. Sydney Poulin was coming off of injury, and she ended up scoring the winning goal in that game. It was really important for them, and that game just in general was really nice because I had my father uh, sitting off to the side of the booth that day hearing me do my work, and it was a really cool experience. But just overall, that was the turning point because Roger Williams had been riding really hot. They had a young coach in Kelly Blackhurst who really understood how to beat the Endicott scheme that Jody Sapola has been engraving into this program for the past, you know, 12, 15 years. And it's, it, it was really impressive to watch Roger Williams, a team that ended up playing Endicott again in the CCC semifinals, really gave Endicott the best competition that, I, in my opinion, that they had the entire CCC regular season. I think that that game was down to the wire. It was, you know, the very smallest plays that made the difference at the end. And obviously Sydney pulling with the winner at the end coming off of injury. I think that was really when the tides turned and Endicott got on that really long win streak that they carried all the way through the uh, CCC tournament and into the NCAA tournament. If you had to pick, so not counting, obviously the big name players, so Kristen McCarthy, Taylor Farron, Addie Williams, and Sydney Poulin, who was kind of the, the MVP of last season if we weren't talking about, obviously, the top players? I said this a lot in the broadcasts, and I have to say now that I'm thinking about it, I can't say that I think any different. It has to be Rachel LeMay. The job that Rachel did on the defensive end, replacing two of, two of some of the best statistic to, sorry, to statistically defensive players on Endicott's team and Maggie O'Reilly and Cami Molinari had just graduated. And Joey Sapolo was faced with an incredibly tough task of having to completely reconstruct her back end. And Rachel was an absolute rock. She hardly turned the ball over. She was incredible at boxing out defenders near the circle. She was unbelievable in the open field and chasing down offensive players and stripping them of the ball. Rachel could not have done a better job as a freshman, and I was thoroughly impressed with the way that she performed all the way through the season, and especially in that CCC championship game. I can pinpoint at least four or five times where I mentioned Rachel's name, and I was saying how stout she was, because as a freshman to perform, and Evan mentioned it too, and I know he did, as a freshman to perform the way that she did in that game, it's it's something that you rarely see. But from this Endicott program and the way Coach Jody Sapola runs the program, I don't know if we can really expect any of anything because she's always got, you know, a new surprise and a new superstar player up her sleeve. 
Well, John, that's going to be all the time we have tonight for you. Thank you for coming in. But before you go, one question for you. If you could have one of us in the booth with you for your last game, who you choose? Ooh. I, oh, that's tough. And you're both right <laughs> in front of me, too. That's tough. Um, uh, I mean, here's the thing. I have always felt that I have done Evan Alfano a great injustice because I talk a little too much in the booth at times when I work with him. So I feel like if I'm calling my last game, it is going to be a 50-50 talking split between me and Evan Alfano. If That's I a have great a answer. That's hey, a great answer. I choose Evan's too. Evan's the best oh. broadcaster on <laughs> campus. Well, John, oh, absolutely. So <laughs> thank yeah, you, John. Thank you. thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you coming on. Um, for everyone else at home, thank you for listening. This is going to wrap up today's episode of The Ultimate Goal. And this one is over. Not Basketball shoes come off. Dancing shoes come on. As Enicon has clinched their spot. Now puts it up. And that's a goal! Shoots it up. He got it! Billy Arsenal! He got it!